Hey, good morning. Uh, we are continuing in our series. We're calling it Pirates, and really it's just a discussion together about stuff, about our uh, influence, about our abilities, about the sphere that God has placed us in, and then, yes, about our possessions. And we're just saying, uh, what would God hope that we would do with our stuff? And the reason we called it pirates is because we said you realize that there's all sorts of competing ideas out there, and that if you're not careful, if I'm not careful, we will misplace our treasure for things that don't deserve it. So in the spirit of that, when you walked in this morning, we gave every one of you one of these absolutely high-quality, top-of-the-line uh, spongy ball things. How many got one of these in here? We know the only reason you come to church is because we give you stuff like this. And uh, here's, here's the deal. <laughs> By the time we're done today, here's my hope. My hope is to convince you that this thing is scary, 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 scary. Okay. Matter of fact, we're going to ask you to run from the dot by the time you leave here today. So let's just kind of go on. We're going to uh, spend some time in Scripture, figure out what God would say about our stuff and about managing our treasure. If you've got your Bibles, grab them, go with me to Matthew chapter 6. We've been in this passage a lot on our journey. It's a, it's a moment when Jesus just stops and has an incredibly important conversation with us about our stuff. And so we keep going back there and talking a little bit. And if you were here last week, one of the things that you discovered... Uh, is that Jesus said to us out of this passage, Matthew chapter 6, that our hearts gravitate towards stuff. Matter of fact, that you're going to know an awful lot about us based on our stuff. And Jesus said, here's two things I know about you based on what you invest your stuff in, your influence, your time, your money. I, Jesus said, I know what you love, Show me your checkbook. I know what you love. And he said, I know what you worship. I, I know which God you believe in more, which God you believe is able to deliver you, which God you think comes through in a pinch, which God really, really rules within your life, either the God of ink and paper or the God of eternity. And your treasures, Jesus said, will tell me the story. Remember the passage said, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there is your heart also. So we're going back to Matthew chapter 6, going to grab some words that Jesus said just before that. If you're not real familiar, if you go to the back of your Bible, work to the left, you're going to find this book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. Here's what Jesus says, verse 19, do not, don't, I, I think if Jesus could have the moment, he'd say, whatever you do, don't, don't, don't store up for yourselves treasures on this earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves are going to break in and they'll steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. You, you get in this moment, Jesus saying, look, 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 let's just be honest. Uh, you and I live our lives with an investment strategy. There's really two places that we can leverage our stuff. Uh, we're either going to leverage our stuff to change this world, to obtain this world, to get 
from this world, what we believe is going to make us happy. That's leverage, that's treasures in this earth. Or, Jesus said, there's a second option. It's the option to take my influence, take my time, take the resources that God has given me, and leverage them for eternity. And Jesus said, look, every decision you make, every choice you make about your stuff will land in one of those two categories, either an earthly category or it's going to land in an eternal category. And Jesus says, please, please, don't tell me that you're going to leverage your life for earth. Please tell me you have a better answer than that. When my son Josh was eight, came that inevitable day, you know, about every 10 or 11 years where you have to clean the garage. And uh, we were out there and we were working and, and you know what happened. We, we began to realize there was a bunch of stuff in the garage that we didn't need anymore and we've been saving uh, because, you know, it was important stuff up until that day. And we had loaded a pickup truck full of stuff that we needed to save and keep because it was important stuff. And we were now heading to the dump with our stuff that was important stuff and we needed to keep stuff. And we pulled into the dump and so here we are with the pickup truck and, and pushing all of our stuff into the dump. You ever one of those moments as a parent where you just go, there's an opportunity here for me to teach my child something really huge. So when the truck was empty, I grabbed my son and said, Josh, come sit on the tailgate with me. And his little eight-year-old legs were dangling there off. And I said, just take a look. Tell me, tell me, son, what you see. And in deep, deep insight, my eight-year-old little boy said, trash. I said, no, 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 look, look, look a little closer. What do you see? I said, look over there. It's right there, right, right there. It's a doll. And, and, and Josh, I don't know the story about the doll, but here's what I can pretty well guess. There was a day, and there was a little girl who believed that that little doll was exactly what her heart needed. I don't know if it was Christmas time. I don't know if it was walking through the store and begging mom to buy it. I, I don't know, but I'm just telling you, I'll bet you there was a moment that that little doll was exactly what some little girl thought her heart needed. I pointed over the other side, and there was a stove, and I said, that's what little girls want when they're big little girls. And I, I said, you realize there was a day that stove was new. That stove was sitting in a store and people walked by and here's what they said when they saw that stove in the store. If we could simply afford that stove, if we could upgrade our lives to that stove, boy, our kitchen would be better. Our lives would be better. And I, and I, I said, Josh, you realize everything, in, everything you see in the dump is something that someone thought they needed. Something they lived their lives to get. And look where it is now. And Josh, 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 if you're not careful, you'll live your life for the dump. You, you'll give your heart 
and your resources and your time to the dump. That's exactly what Jesus just said to us. He said, look, 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 look. You're going to live your life for one or two. You're going to live your life for stuff, for earth. You'll store your treasures here or you'll store your treasures in eternity. See, what Jesus was trying to say to you and me in that moment is, guys, there is nothing on this little dot that we call earth, this little lifetime of 80 years that you can acquire, that you can obtain, that you can get, that you can influence, that you can change, there's not that's worth your life because everything on the dot you get what I mean when I say the dot that if you took the 80 years that we're here if you take all the stuff that is this world and line it up against eternity it'd be a dot it'd be a fleck Jesus is saying, please, please don't live your life for the dot, to change the dot, to win the dot, to influence. Don't, don't cash your life in for the dot. You, you, you get that, that every person who's ever lived for the dot has been deeply disappointed. And that, and that, guys, even if you and I were to get the dot, it wouldn't matter. You guys know this. It, it, you've heard preachers say it a thousand times. I've never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse, right? And, and, and you get that whatever you acquire, whatever you become, it, when you leave, it stays. And the only thing you accomplish when you build that big old hunkin' pile is you give your relatives something to argue about when you're gone. And even if, even if, even if you and I do something substantial on the dot, you get that the dot is incredibly unforgiving, right? That the dot almost immediately forgets that you and I were here. People who live their lives for the dot, are trying to influence water. See, you, someone tell me who the president of Mattel Corporation was 20 years ago. I got a feeling he was probably pretty rich, probably one of the top executives in the country. Who, who what? And if you and I are not careful in our chasing of the dot, the dot will forget that we were here. I, I think of Napoleon Bonaparte, a guy, you ready, who chased the dot. Matter of fact, his goal was to own the dot. He was going to conquer the entire world. Less than 200 years ago, he almost did it. 
I've got a feeling if I said to you today, hey, tell me 10 salient points about Napoleon. Most of us couldn't even do it. Because the dot is already forgetting. And if you, here's what Jesus has said, get this. If you live for the dot, if you spend your life on the dot, the dot will forget you almost as quickly as you're gone. Because the dot is incredibly unforgiving. If you live for the dot, it may not matter that you were on the dot. The only way this shifts <laughs> the only way this begins to make sense to you and me is if you and I realize that the 80 years on the dot is not the end of the story. That, that you and I are visitors here. Especially those of us here who have come to a relationship with Jesus Christ, who know God, he would say to you and me, you don't belong to the dot and the dot doesn't belong to you. This is merely a visit. Matter of fact, Scripture says, you ready for this? For all of us who've come to know God, for all of us who are Christ followers, it, Scripture, the Bible, calls you and me, are you ready? Aliens. He's saying, this, this ought to almost be like you and I are visiting from another planet, and you and I are simply here for a brief period of time because our real home in eternity has nothing to do with the dot. So Jesus says, live for here, live for there. Let me see if this makes sense. Let's say someone within your company came to you next week and they say, look, uh, we are really shorthanded for whatever your role is, whatever you do, uh, over in Iraq. And so what we're doing is we're looking for people who are willing to relocate, go to Iraq as a visitor for one year and work in Iraq, and we're going to pay anybody who's willing to go triple salary for that entire year. You think about that for a while, and you think, well, how many more chances in my life am I going to get to earn triple salary? I will do that. I'll, I'll leave home, and I'll go be there for a year. I'll do that for triple salary. You get to Iraq, they take you into the little initiation class, and they're telling you all the things you can and can't do, and then here comes. Anything you buy in Iraq can't go home with you. You can furnish your apartment, you can do anything, but anything you buy in Iraq stays in Iraq. Can't go home with you, but you can send your paycheck home. Now, let me just ask. How much money are you going to invest in big screen TVs while you're in Iraq? How plush is your Iraqi apartment going to be? You go, then, then, I'm not that dumb. I would, why, why would I do that for a year? You get that's exactly Jesus' question. What, why are you doing that for the dot? 
wouldn't you send that on ahead? Wouldn't you leverage everything you could, everything you earned, every resource? Wouldn't you send that on home? Because you won't take anything from Iraq with you. You and I are hard-pressed as we sit here this morning to name anything that goes home with us into eternity. Anything that lasts beyond this little 80-year dot that we're living. To, to do something with our lives that's not just going to burn up or fade away or rust, as Jesus would say, but that is eternal and is bigger than the dot You know there's an answer though, right? People. People. You and I touch eternity every single day. People. And Jesus would say, look, 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 if you want to touch eternity, if you want to live for something that's beyond the dot, then leverage your time, leverage your money, leverage your influence that people the one thing that survives the dot would know me better and that their eternity would be an eternity with God. Live bigger, Jesus would say, than the dot. Now, I, I wanted us to just take a moment today because you realize that every time you and I walk in this place, every Sunday, this is eternity, right? We're having eternal conversations in this room. That, that if you were to go across this room, as best we can tell, over half the people sitting in this room figured out Jesus in this room. That in the moment you and I come together, as we, you and I are touching eternity. That as we sit in classes and as we spend time and as we grow in our faith in Jesus so that as we go away from this place, people see Jesus all over us and are confused and are interested and intrigued and begin to ask their questions. You realize in that moment, as you and I share our faith stories, we are touching eternity. That those few words that we say are more important than anything else we say the whole rest of the day. That when we invite friends to come back, and have the conversation, you and I are changing eternity. That little children over in that building right now who are hearing the story of Jesus, and eternity is being shaped. I got a couple people who, since coming to Cornerstone, have kind of figured the whole God thing out and their lives have been changed. And I just thought you and I should listen to their stories because when we listen to their stories, you and I are listening to eternity. So I'm just going to ask you to welcome. We've got uh, Chris and Dina, and I asked them to come out and share a little bit of that journey. Okay, I'm going to take the bench that I spilled water on right there. And if I get up and my backside's all wet, no one making fun, okay? All right. Okay. So, Dina, let's, let's start with you. Tell us, tell us a little bit about Dina's life pre-Cornerstone, pre-getting to this place. 
Okay, well, um, pre-Cornerstone, I was raised Catholic, so I was used to being in church, um, but after I left for college, I um, kind of did away with church for a while, and uh, there came a point in my life where I was just smooth sailing, minding my own business, just recently got married, and I just was hit um, with debilitating panic and anxiety attacks, just out of nowhere, Didn't, nothing brought it on just paralyzed me, paralyzed my life, kept me from doing things. And, and for people joy. who don't get that, you, your life basically shut down in that shut moment. Shut down for probably three years. I still had to function. I had two children, but um, shut down. Being in a room this size would have, being in a room this size would have freaked me out, let alone speaking yeah. to a room this size. Yeah. So you weren't taking any offers to come talk in church? No. Okay. No. All right. Okay. So... And then, I, if I remember right, you went to a doctor, and, and you basically said to the doctor, medicate me now. Yes, after two, about a couple years of psychologist, psychiatrist, doctor, I saw a new doctor, and I said, this is what I need. I need to be medicated. And he agreed. He let me uh, be on medication, but he also talked um, about the Lord with me. Okay, so we're going to stop. Okay. Chris, pre-Cornerstone, pre-this place. Uh, a lot like uh, Dana, I was uh, raised Catholic, went to Catholic school up until my freshman year in high school, and then uh, uh, went to public school. And, and when I turned 18, I went to college, and my parents gave me the option of going to church or not. Obviously, I chose not to go to church like hmm. most 18-year-olds yeah. like yeah. would. Right. Surprise, surprise, church, no, ch you chose no church, right? Right. Okay. So, you know, I'm just sailing along in my life. I get married. I have uh, two wonderful children, uh, both which were high-risk pregnancies. So I prayed to God all the time during that. But when that crisis was over, you know, I went back to my life and put it in my back pocket. And I'll, I'll pull it out again when I need it. Well, um, I lost my job, um, you know, went with six months without income. You know, my wife being a stay-at-home mom, that absolutely debilitated us. And uh, we met someone that went to Cornerstone here. She suggested that we came. And uh, we came here. And... You know, we're kind of taken aback and felt out the card, and, and the rest was history. Okay. So, now, Dina, hopping back, you're in with this doctor. You've said to this doctor, medicate me. He comes walking back in, and he writes you a really unusual prescription in that moment. He does. He not only writes me the prescription for the medication I said I needed to be on, but he also write, wrote me prescriptions for um, Caleb and Stephen Curtis Chapman and Go Buy a Bible. And I still have them to this day. I keep yeah. them in my Bible. Because yeah, he literally cool. wrote this on the paper oh, yeah. for you. No, Go buy a Bible. Literally right? he did. Yeah. And um, I left there and I went straight to Amazing Grace and I bought my first Bible. Being raised in the church, I'd never had my own Bible. And so um, that's what started that. And he said, you know, just find yourself a good Bible-based church. And that's what brought me to Cornerstone. And six years later, I'm still here. Okay. And as you came here, mm -hmm. you're still dealing with the anxiety. You're right. still struggling. But all of a sudden, stuff started to make a little bit of sense for you, and you actually moved in that process to a place of decision. So describe I that. I did. Place. It took me about ten months of coming here, um, just kind of figuring things out. Being, you know, being raised Catholic, this was all new to me. The whole relationship thing was really. Um, I took a Bible study and it just went way, way over my head. But yeah, it took me about ten months, and I finally made a decision for the Lord and just said, you know what, take my life and make it your own. Hmm. And so that was the moment in which you asked Christ into your heart and you Absolutely. became a Christian. Totally Absolutely. Cool. Chris, tell us a little bit about coming here and what began to happen and change. Well, once I started to come here, like her being raised Catholic, I would go to church and I would hear what my priest was saying, but I really wasn't feeling or understanding what he was saying. I couldn't put it into my real life. And, and coming to Cornerstone, you know, I can take, you know, things from the message um, and, and, and put them into my real life. And 
and, and that has been a huge blessing. You know, I met with Tom Stone after filling out the card, you know, going over scriptures, uh, lengthy conversations. And then he finally asked me, are you ready, you know, to accept Jesus Christ as your savior? And I said, you know, yes, I am. Um, but was I ready to jump in full force at that time? Yes and no. But, you know, I, I finally came around. And, and what put the final piece to the puzzle was the Evolution Series. That was the final click. Mm -hmm. and, and everything has been, you know, just open arms and open hearts since See, the then. See, the thing I, I like about both your stories is that in both of your stories, there's a person who decided to leverage their influence or their time or their money for eternity. Dina, you had a doctor, and I, I just think of how uncomfortable that probably was for a doctor. And I think you even told us that he said to you that it was only the second time in his entire career that he'd had that conversation. And yet eternity changes because he leveraged his influence to tell you, you probably need something more than the medicine I'm handing you right now. Exactly, exactly. He, um, he took that chance on me, and he just felt, he, he felt that nudge from the Holy Spirit that that is what I needed to hear. Mm -hmm. and, and he was right. It's totally changed my life. That few minutes he spent with you was more important than every bone he healed the rest of the day, right? right. Because a soul ended up healed right. and a life changed. And you don't get a lot of time with doctors. So yeah. the fact that it was, you know, more than a five or ten minute conversation was pretty cool. Yeah. Chris, you had a friend. You had someone who came here yeah. who said, you need to come try this place. Think, think if that, that friend had never opened their mouth, had never given you that invitation, had never leveraged their influence where you could possibly be right now. Absolutely. And I thank them still to this day. I think it's absolutely, yeah. it, it was a blessing and, and I was put here for a reason. And yeah, they leveraged their influence and, and pointed me in the right direction. And here's the moment I think that, that there's pro that friend in the rest of that whole day in which he invited you, there's probably nothing else that that friend did that day that mattered for eternity. And yet eternity was changed over a couple minutes Absolutely. of saying to you, you've got to go try this place. Absolutely. Talk, talk to us a little bit, Chris. What, what's going on in your life now? What's different? What's happening in Chris's life? <laughs> Like I touched on before, you know, the messages that I get here and when I leave, I can use in my daily life. So I'm, I'm using those. I'm living a faith-based life. Every decision that I make, you know, is, is this the right decision? Is this going to get me to where I need to go? And I never had that before. You know, I always had a sense of faith because I was raised, you know, Catholic. But I never got it mm -hmm. until I came here. And this, yeah. this place really helped me just get it. So cool. I, I can't even tell you how glad we are that you're here, Chris. Dina, what's, what's going on in your life right now? Well, a lot's changed in six years. I came from, I came in this um, place just wanting questions answered and, and, and getting them answered. I got involved in women's ministry and there were women there that helped me through that and helped me process that. Um, I now work in women's ministry helping other women process that mm -hmm. and um, just come and learn and grow and, and uh, fellowship with their other sisters. And I've recently joined the staff, which is an amazing thing and it's been, Really a cool journey so far, and I'm just really excited for what this next step in my journey is going so, to be. And again, so here, in case everyone didn't get that, so we're talking about a gal who six and a half, seven years ago is having paralyzing panic attacks. A doctor steps out, takes a moment for eternity, 
you begin this journey, you come here, you find Jesus Christ, and six years after that, you're on staff here right. on the church. Is right. that just an amazing story? I it just is. think totally, totally cool. It is. It's totally by the grace of God and the Holy Spirit that dwells within me that it's yeah. able to happen. Hey, guys, thank you. Thank you for sharing your eternity stories with us so much. Very, very cool. You get, you get what Jesus just said. Every single day, every moment of my life, every week that I live, I get, this, I, I get to live for here and now. I can take my time, my talent, my influence, and I can leverage it for the dot. And the dot will forget. And the dot will be merciless. And the dot will waste my life. Or I can take and leverage at least a part of my life for heaven, for eternity, for something that is bigger and greater and goes beyond the dot. Listen, listen, listen to the words of Jesus one more time. Don't, don't do it. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Live for something bigger than the dot. Where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But instead, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where moth and rust do not destroy. And where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If there was ever a group of people who should understand this passage, I believe the people of Cornerstone should understand this passage. We know that more than half the people sitting in this room found Jesus in this room. We know that life after life, the stories you heard up here are thousands in this room. You and I sit in a church that right now, I believe God has brought to a moment that says we literally are ready to change a whole community for God. And God simply says, where are you going to leverage your life? You're going to live like people who don't understand and don't get this and chase the next car and build the next house and buy the next blouse? Or are you going to leverage are you going to leverage part of your life for eternity? And if you and I got this, if this made sense to us, then when we saw announcements and people said, hey, there's a chance to serve here, if we understood, we would stand in line. We would say, are you kidding? You're telling me there's a group of 10 little girls or there's, there's a Bible study with some men in it and I could change eternity with them? I could influence... Sign me up. We would stand in line. We wouldn't be begging for, we would, we would say, look, we just, we just don't have enough jobs. If we got this, when the offering plate was passed, we would say, are you kidding me? You mean I've got a chance to invest in the kingdom? I've got a chance to leverage some of my wealth and my money and, and change eternity? 
We would, we would applaud the offering plate if we understood what Jesus just said. How many of you guys remember back in the 80s there was a movie out, Poltergeist? Deeply theological movie. I never saw it <laughs> more than five times, but um, there's an interesting moment in the movie. Uh, if you don't know the movie, let me catch you up. You'll be thrilled. We're talking about this in church. Don't write me emails. There's a biblical meaning here. The gist of the movie is simply this. There's a family, and they've moved into a brand new house. They're thrilled with the house. They don't know. Lo and behold, they built the house on a graveyard. And so, uh, as they move in, where things begin to happen, and they begin to realize there's ghosts in the house. Uh, one evening, they hear some strange noises. They find out that their daughter has disappeared. And in the gist of the story, she's been sucked into the closet. And uh, uh, so, here, it was scary at the time. It really was. So, <laughs> here's mom and here's dad, and they're, they're talking into the closet to their daughter. And their daughter is suspended somewhere between earth and the other side and so they're trying to figure out well how do we get our daughter back how do we how do we do this and and so the daughter says well there's there's people in the closet here with me and and and, and they're in the light and at first glance the parents think well if they're in the light then they've got to be good people so the parents are saying okay honey just walk toward the light go go to the light as the conversation goes a little further they begin to realize the people in the light aren't good people. They're bad people that are only hiding, camouflaging themselves in the light. And you begin to see the parents yelling into the closet, run from the light, run. Remember this? Run from the light. Words of Jesus. Everything we just said to each other. Run from the dot. Please, 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 please run from the dot. Please tell me that you're not going to spend your life, spend your resource, spend what God has given you on the dot. Run. and run toward that which matters, that which is eternal. Get your hands dirty in eternity. Run from the dot. Let's bow our heads. Dear Lord Jesus, we just, we come to you in a moment. And, and the truth is, if we were going to be honest, we, we have spent an awful lot of our lives chasing the dot, running toward the dot, trying to get the next promotion, trying to get the newer car, trying to pay off our visa bill.
hear our hearts today. The dot is not worthy of our lives. We're done. We're done chasing the dot. No longer will we leverage our influence to buy the newest Nintendo game, to get the coolest pair of jeans. The dot is not worth my life. We will be a people who run from the dot. We just so believe from the depths of our heart that you have brought us here, you have brought us together, you've brought us to this place to change eternity, to change this town with the story of Jesus. And so we will leverage our time and we will leverage our influence and God, we will leverage our treasure for the cause of heaven and never for the dot. In Jesus' name.